Welcome back, gang, to episode two of Ecolution. Together, we can be part of the solution, but only if we change our ways and get others to change theirs too. I found some crazy facts about waste. 22 million plastic bottles are purchased in Ireland each week. 2 million disposable coffee cups go into landfill in Ireland every day. And 24 million slices of bread are dumped every day in the UK. If we continue using plastic in the same way, it's thought that between now and 2025, we'll have generated and wasted the same amount of plastic used in the whole of the 20th century combined. The waste we generate is in danger of overwhelming every one of us. But it doesn't have to. The Rediscovery Centre in Ballymun is an amazing place. Nestled under a huge chimney in the old boiler house for the town. They do brilliant work teaching everyone who goes there how to better reduce, reuse and recycle the waste we create. We join them on a wet morning in October. Hi, I'm Sarah Clear. I'm the Education Programme Manager here at the Rediscovery Centre. So at the Rediscovery Centre, we're all about inspiring sustainable living, diverting waste from landfill and uh, providing community employment training. And through all of these, what we do, we've got this amazing um, education programme for primary schools, secondary schools, special needs groups, etc, etc. And we actually work with these groups and we, we provide workshops. So today we've got the students from our fabulous um, local school called Our Lady of Victories Girls School. They are coming in today to do a workshop all about waste and we'll also be doing some hands-on activities and discussions all about reducing, reusing, recycling. So first things first, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about waste, we're going to be playing a couple of games, we're going to be doing loads of activities and then you guys are going to make something from waste that you can use in your everyday lives. The class we attended included many things, but the first was a look into the waste we leave behind in the natural world and the impact it has. So this is a picture of a beach in Ireland. Anything wrong with this picture? There's lots of waste on it. What kind of problems could this cause? So a beach like this, think about the people, think about animals, think about the environment. Any problems might be caused by it. I think all the animals. Sometimes, like... On YouTube, all the straws get up the turtles' noses and everything. They could wrap around their necks. I seen this thing and there was a board and they cut it open and there was a lot of rubbish inside it. Think you could lie and relax in this beach? No. Wouldn't be very comfortable. Would it smell nice? No. Would it look nice? No. So what's it better to do in something like this? So what we're going to talk about now is we're going to talk about the difference between waste and litter. Do you know the difference? Litter is the crisp packet or bottle you drop on the ground when you're finished with it. Waste is what's left over after we've used things for their main purpose and they're thrown in the right bin. And it includes everything from your apple core to your old TVs and nappies. And we humans make a lot of it. So just imagine I'm walking down the street, drinking my bottle of water and I throw it in the ground. Do you think we call that waste or do we call that litter? Like, say if they're getting a new mattress, they always throw the mattress into the field behind the houses and everything. And they throw lo- loads of ba- plastic bags of rubbish. Or when there's like a shop around the corner, so when they buy all their sweets, they don't use the bins in their houses or anything, they just throw it on the ground. I saw a boy, he was trying his um, 
the rubbish away and he cut up his uh, the black bag with rubbish and he started throwing it all around and I asked him can he clean up and he just said no and walked away. When's the best time to litter? You can all say that now. Never. Absolutely. Never, ever, ever a good idea to litter. One game the kids played was to sort the right kinds of rubbish into imaginary bins. And it's amazing how right they got it. I learned a lot about how important it is to put your rubbish in the right bin. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at what's in each bin. So it's a compost bin. Can you guys put the cards over your head and come around and have a look? What is in it? Leftover food, garden waste, old flowers, tea bags. What is in our recycling bin? Wow, there's quite a lot. Let's see. Pet food cans, toilet and kitchen roll, food cans, cardboard boxes, flat, heavy card, the cards, drink cans, butter yogurt and salad tubs, magazines, soap and shampoo bottles, fruit and vegetable dress. Let's have a look and see what's in our recycling centre. Would you guys mind holding the cards over your head? Light bulbs, old clothes, wood, batteries, old toaster. And now let's see what's in our general waste bin. What do we have? Bags of crisps. Yeah. Plastic. And plastic. Is that it? Yeah. Wow. So can you guys see that most of the stuff we throw away could actually go to the recycling bin, the compost bin, or the recycling centre. So the best thing we can do in the first place with our waste is not to make the waste in the first place. The next the best thing we can do is reuse, then recycle, and the very worst thing we can do is throw it away so it ends up in landfill. One of the biggest problems with waste is that so much of it takes so long to biodegrade. Biodegrade means break down naturally until it's no longer a problem within our environment. I was shocked to learn some of the facts on just how long it takes for things to disappear. Let's do a quiz. First item, an easy one to start, newspaper. Two weeks. That's how long it takes for a newspaper to biodegrade. That's not so bad. Okay, next one. A milk carton. Five years. The plastic coating inside our milk carton keeps the milk in, but also means that it takes a lot longer to break down. Right. A topical one next. How long until a plastic bag disappears? 500 to 1,000 years. This is a crazy one. Plastics have barely been around for 100 years. So that means every piece of plastic ever created is still around in one form or another. Plastic doesn't actually biodegrade, it photodegrades, which means that the sun's rays break it down. Tests on it suggest that it could be anything between 500 and 1,000 years before the sun can work its magic and make the plastic disappear. So, you can understand... Why we should be upset about it clogging up our beaches and oceans. Two more, then we're done. Glass bottles. One million years. Isn't that crazy? All the more reason to bring them to the bottle bank and set them on their way to being recycled into new and interesting things. Glass bottles are infinitely recyclable. So that means they can be completely made into new things over and over again. The last one was an eye-opener for me. Bubblegum. Never! The bubblegum you chew today and decide to stick under a table, even after the table has rotted to nothing, that gum will still remain. 
So, what ideas do the kids have to reduce the waste we generate? You could get, like, plastic bottles or even cardboard and make even, like, little toys out of them or something you would keep on reusing. If you have a filtered tap, instead of buying bottles, you could just get it from the tap. We could make, like, metal forks. Metal forks already exist. We're going to sell stuff outside our school, and then we buy metal hydroclass. So the bloody wheat herb, and then we give it to everyone in the school. Albert Einstein all over again. Sarah brought out a whole host of things made out of recycled waste. It's a pencil case that used to be an old car tire. This shopping bag is made from a recycled tent inside and the outside is actually made from biscuit packets. I have a lunchbox that was made out of leftover bottles and shampoos and everything. This is a clipboard that your teacher might use made out of the insides of a computer. I have socks made out of fishnets. I have some recycled paper here. I'm going to ask for a couple of volunteers to come up and see if they can guess what my recycled paper is made from. Have a look, see if you can guess what this recycled paper <laughs> is made from. I'll come around in a second. It smells like a boy. It smells like a boy straight away. I think it's made out of, like, type of leather, and then after you, like, um, smooth it out. Whoa. Uh, crap paper. Like, really soft crap paper. I know this smell. I think it's a basketball. Do you guys want to know? Yeah. Okay. This paper has been recycled from elephant poo. There are loads of people coming up with creative solutions to make long-lasting use of the things we waste. There's a Scottish company using melted recycled plastic to mix in with stones and make roads that are longer-lasting and stronger still, solving two problems at the same time. So, what can we do to make better use of the waste we generate? What would you create? Any other ideas that you guys would like to tell us about? what you've done to reuse waste. Get like old rope and then like a tire that anybody's not using and make like a tire swing. You can use an old tire and you can use wool and you can like wrap it around and you can make like a little seat out of it. If you have like say like a a chair that you fold up, like not a wooden chair, like the other ones with the fabric on Mm -hmm. them, yeah, if you if there's a hole in that, you cut it a square out and you put a, a, an old toilet seat on it, and and then you stick a bag on the bottom, and then when you're out camping, instead of peeing in the bushes, you can put it in the bag and then put it as an actual toilet. So some great things you can do at home is um, getting some old bicycle tubes they can make the most incredible jewelry as well so if you have a look on our website you'll be able to see some pictures of some jewelry that children have made previously you can do some absolutely amazing things with that as well as making bookmarks as well as making clothes for your toys and different things like that you could learn how to make recycled paper there's some excellent videos on youtube and on our website as well about how you can make recycled paper from old paper just using a blender um, and some kind of sieving device as well the only thing really limiting you when it comes to the reusing of waste is your imagination. Learn about where all that waste is actually going to. Is it ending up in landfill? Is it just getting recycled? Um, and see what you can do yourself. What do you need in your room? What could you make? The only thing limiting you is your imagination. Our time at the Rediscovery Centre was inspiring. Ask your teacher or adult to see about visiting it yourself someday too. Just search for rediscoverycentre.ie and book a session. One thing that I mentioned before was the fact that sometimes kids feel like we can't make changes, but we really can. Listen to the music behind me. This is an orchestra made up of kids in Paraguay. 
In 2006, 30 kids, fed up of the landfill, stinking up their region, decided to make something good of it. They found their items of rubbish, reshaped them, and put bits together in new and unusual ways. Hey presto, recycled instruments. So, a violin made from a paint can, a baking tray, a fork, and a piece of wood from a pallet. A double bass made from an oil drum, some nails, and a spaghetti maker. Or how about a saxophone made from a water pipe, some buttons, and cutlery. Music to my ears. Who likes going shopping? I kind of hate going food shopping with my mum at the moment because when I walk into a fruit and veg section, I'll almost, like, throw a tantrum. Like, it makes me so angry, the amount of unnecessary plastic. Like, shops need to make it a lot easier for the consumer. Like, obviously, they still want to make money, but at the same time, if they're the perpetrators of why there's so much plastic, they could be part of the solution as well. Here's another place you can have an impact by simply talking to people. Children don't really realise what their purchasing power is. Often their parents will be making choices around the shopping or they'll be helping the parents with the shopping. So something as simple as what kind of cereal are we going to buy in the morning? Are we going to get some that has lots and lots of packaging around it? Or are we going to get some cereal that has less packaging and all of that can be recycled? So let's try it. Let's bring some kids shopping. Hi, my name is James. I'm eight years old. I'm Nikki and I'm four. We're here to do shopping. We were running low on stuff, some stuff, and so we needed to get some more stuff. I'm going to watch out for apples, bananas, bananas, bananas oranges, oranges, pineapples, pineapples, melons, and mandarins. And mandarins. We're going to we're buy things with, with paper or in cardboard or, or without packaging. So we don't want any more plastic anymore. So these are these are loose, aren't they? So we can get these. And they don't have any wrapping. And apples. This is a melon. And what's good about this melon? It doesn't have any packaging. <laughs> and don't squash the mandarins, Nikki. Don't squash the mandarins. Mom, I am in fruit. Oh, yeah. How did you know that? Product of bell eyes. See? They're small ones and big ones. Clever, Nikki. Well, my friend Robin, when she buys plastic, she uses a fish to make badges or wrap things up to show tell. Does it matter? <sighs> We've already got soap. No. Why did we get that soap? The bathroom is bad for the environment. We chose the, the soap that was in less plastic. Will you put up all the things up here? From the supermarket. They taste special because they're in a paper bag. I guess we can all benefit from being a bit more careful about how we shop. But what about where we shop? We went to visit Noms in Fibsborough, a shop where waste is a thing of the past. So hi, my name is Aaron and I work here in Noms. 
NAM stands for Natural, Organic, Mindful and Sustainable. The first thing you're confronted with is an, a whole array of glass jars filled with all sorts of items that you can refill with your own containers. I might start with like things you might have for breakfast. So we have oats, gluten-free oats. We have all sorts of seeds and nuts. So we have like cashew nuts, almonds, chia seeds, pecans, Brazil nuts, walnuts. We have seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds. We also do other breakfast items like cornflakes, loose as well. So you can bring your own container for cornflakes. Then we do herbs and spices. So we have cinnamon, turmeric, cloves, cardamom, basil, thyme, cumin, coriander, lentils, brown, red, green, black beans, mung beans. That means that you can bring in your own containers and you don't have any excess packaging. And I think that what makes us different to supermarkets is that you can do a whole shop for a family and not have any packaging. If they had a old peanut butter jar, they could refill it with seeds or nuts, coffee jars, even takeaway cups or takeaway containers from Chinese restaurants or from just something you get down the local shipper. Or sometimes they can actually buy their own little jars from Ikea or certain places like that. In terms of fruit and vegetables, the, the difference between us and a supermarket would be that all of it is loose and all of it is organic as well. I don't think any supermarket can can be zero waste. A, a lot of our waste is actually recyclable cardboard. But what we try and do is we try and get products from companies that either will take back any of the packaging or that provide it with recyclable or compostable packaging. All our fruit and veg comes from companies that we, we send crates to them and they fill the crates with fruit and vegetables. All the packaging that we, we get the products are either recyclable or we can send them back to the companies themselves and they can reuse them. I think there isn't really a divide between city and rural in terms of it's not really just Dublin-centric or city-centric. Like In rural places as well, they have seen quite an explosion of, of shops like this. Westport, for example, has PAX, which is a, a fantastic zero-waste shop. I holidayed in Kerry this year and found so many organic, sustainable stores there as well. So stores like this don't find it difficult to start up because there is such a demand from everybody, not just people living in cities. For us, even since I started working here, the difference between how busy we are when I started to how busy we are now is quite amazing. We get so many people in every day asking about zero waste, asking about the refills who have never came in before, which is really exciting to see that more and more people are kind of, they're taking the time to research their food, where it comes from and how they can limit their waste. Seems like a good time to talk waste with Dr. Shane. Do you have anything to add, Doc? Yeah, so we know that we need to reduce, reuse and recycle whatever we we emit, whatever we create. There's one thing that we really can't reduce the amount of, and that's the amount that we poo and that we pee. Regardless of what we do, we're always going to poo, we're always going to create that natural waste ourselves. So we've got to think of better ways of getting rid of that. Now, we can create our own compost in our back garden. That might kind of smell. We can send it to wastewater treatment plants that other people have talked about. I spent a lot of time in Africa. And one of the ways that they do this in Africa is through what they call long drop toilets. So out the back of each person's house they'll, or in each community, they'll have a long, deep hole dug into the ground. And they simply poo and they pee into that. 
But then on top of that, they'll throw a shovel full of soil just from their garden. And because of that soil on top of it and the microbes and the bacteria and the fungus in that soil, it naturally breaks down that poo and that pee. So it takes care of the smell and the dangers of some diseases that might be in there. And it also creates fantastic nutrients that are put back into the soil so that their vegetables can grow better and that their water is safe. It's being separated from wherever they're drinking their water. Another way around this, which is what some companies are now starting to do, is what we call composting toilets, where you don't just bury it, but you actually separate the poo from the pee. And the cool thing about that is that it stops smelling as much. In fact, it hardly smells at all when you separate the poo from the pee. And that way, you've got two different kinds of fertiliser. You've got a nice clean poo fertiliser and you've got a nice liquid fertiliser in the form of pea. And you can use both of those again. You can either leave it in the ground so that it naturally cycles those nutrients again, or you can take it out, change it a little bit, and then use it back on your soil. So it's clean, it's safe, and it's reusing something that we really can't reduce. So, what have we learned? The next time Shane offers you vegetables... You ask him how he grew them, right? Now, while we were at the Rediscovery Centre, we saw pictures of beaches filled with litter all along the Irish coast. And this is a brilliant place for you and your family to start. We went down to Dollarman Strand and several different groups were converging on the same day. All of them planning on cleaning up the beach. Apologies in advance. It was a day that was so windy, we almost blew away. So there's some noisy wind on the microphones. My name is Katrina and I'm from Extinction Rebellion Families. Well, we're hoping to have from the oldest people in society to the youngest and families, single people, uh, everybody, to get everybody mobilised and involved because that's the only way that the movement's going to work. For me, a success would be to collect lots of rubbish and to have fun and to meet new families that want to get involved. I think it's a really light kind of way to get involved in environmental issues is to go along to your beach which lots of people enjoy themselves anyway um, and actually do something about the litter uh, that you see rather than just walking past it. I'm always hammering home that there's no such thing as a way to my kids and saying you know we we can't just throw things on the ground and expect that they're going to disappear. They go always go somewhere and a lot of the time they end up in the sea. My name's Gabriel, I'm eight years old, and I live in North Strand. Why did we create plastic? Yeah. It's okay if you just get a seashell. Great job. Open your eyes. It's my first beach clean. I've been meaning to do it for a long time, so I'm delighted that we finally got around to do it. It's important for them to see the problems you know the rubbish everywhere and the problems it causes and so yeah it's educating the future generation i suppose as well as cleaning you know i found a fork and lots of lollipop sticks a red bit of plastic here it's on the rabbit climate change is affecting how our future generations will be and if there's going to be too much plastic in the ocean. Our fish are going to eat it, and that's going to get into our cycle of food. I'm pretty sure further down there will be more plastic. My name is Evie Kenny. So since I was younger, my mom and my dad and my siblings have been bringing me 
uh, here, usually this beach, because this beach is obviously terrible for rubbish. We come here and we sometimes we forget bags, but we individually bring them to the bins. But sometimes the bins get full. But uh, either way, we always bring it home or put it in the bins. I found a massive big crate from fish, um, a headphones container, sunglasses, um, <laughs> and a dog to- chew toy. Um, and then my brothers and sisters found a broom and a couple of other things like that. So uh, Yesterday I was at the strike, which was massive. There was like 20,000 people there. And I have a society in my class called the World Protection Agency and we do like fundraising for charities. I was quite surprised by how much stuff was in the rocks. Um, There's a lot of rope caught though. We should have brought a knife or scissors but that's where we collected the most stuff was in the rocks at the side. Uh, So there's wellies and plastic buckets and really large pieces of plastic Um, but rope was the main thing that we found there. We'll come back again with uh, better tools I think. The way I see it is that if you're going out somewhere in nature, like a beach or a forest or a park, and you're going to enjoy it, I think that it's part of your responsibility to take care of it too. And when we go to, even when we go to forests and parks, we'd do a little clean-up as well because it just shows your children that, uh, that the reason places are nice is because somebody looks after it and we're, we're one of those somebodies. Little straw there. Pick it up. Well done. I'm Dave Ryan and I'm the chairperson of the Bull Island Action Group. Now the main figure in it is a guy called Donald McGurk who's been doing this for a very long, long time. We get various amounts of volunteers. We meet third Saturday of every month at 11 o'clock at the Happy Out Cafe on Dolly Mount Beach. When I could see the damage that's been caused to the environment by litter, dirt, uh, that was it. So I got involved and we find lots of things on the beach. We find tires, we find, we find lots of um, dog poo in bags which people pick up from the dogs and then throw into the sand dunes or wherever they go. If you go down the beach a little bit further, there's actually a car buried in the sand. There's litter from 30, 40 years back, plastic bags that you can see. There's a store in Dublin called Switzers, which is long gone. There's a number of bags from Switzers further, at the further end of the beach. We have crisp packets from the 80s, um, stuff that I'd remember. Younger people wouldn't remember them, but we do. Look how much rubbish we got! What did you find, Beefy? A huge plastic bag. Oh. Lots of old bits of rubbish, lots of different bits of it. Little small bits of old clothes pegs and lollipop sticks. Um, we got a lot of plastic bags and bottles and cans. I've been picking up a tiny piece of chocolate wrapper for most of the time. I found an old coffee cup. And wrappers. Uh, and we have loads of uh, bottle caps as well. Yeah. Is there a crab claw? I think we found... We have a crab claw. And a cigarette. No, look, we found a crab claw. We got soaked in that sea. Because we had to run because it was so disgusting and squelchy. So we got really soaked. It's amazing how when, when you're walking and when you're doing it, when other people see you, they either look really embarrassed and you think maybe they'll think twice about littering again or they say, oh, brilliant, I'll bring a bag and I'll do that the next time I come. One person doing it makes other people think of doing it. Evolution! Whew, that was a blustery day on Dollymount. But like Katrina said, we're setting an example and that's what we can do every day in what we say and how we act. Join us next time when we look into Ireland's energy future with a power station that turns your junk into electricity. Kids building windmills and a designer who thinks she sees a future where we all eat insects. Insects.
Evolution was produced by Nikki Cochran for RTE Junior Radio. Most of the material recorded for this podcast was gathered on a bike. <laughs>